Hello, and welcome back to Baby Shroom Pod, a podcast where I talk about whatever's on my mind. This week, I am joined by someone so special and important to me, my grandma, Grammy, grandmother, Grams. She has a lot of themes. (laughs) But my mom's mom, Grandmother Mary. And she is such an important person in my life. Um, She was a huge part of raising me and taught me the power of being a woman and to not set boundaries for myself and to be fearless and to look at people based on the contents of their heart and no other reasoning. I mean, just the perfect example of a Hispanic abuela, and I'm so grateful for her, and I'm so grateful that she's in my life. Oh my gosh, I'm getting choked up recording this, because <laughs> I just listened to the recording again. <sighs> I'm just so grateful for her, and I'm so excited to, sh- to share our conversation, because this type of conversation we have is how I grew up talking to her and to myself and I really think it's a big reason why I am who I am and that she raised such a powerful woman like my mother Um, and I just feel very fortunate to be in a family of matriarchs (laughs) anyway don't want to make the intro too long because I'm getting in a horrible habit of making long intros so Without further ado, here's my conversation with my Grams. Quick note, forgot to say it in the intro. Uh, My grandma is on full-time oxygen, so if you hear a slight hum, it is not your earbuds. It is my grandmother's oxygen. Okay, moving into it officially this time. Okay, third time's the charm. (laughs) I'm here with my grandma, and we have tried to record probably like four times already, actually. About. It is happening this time. So, let's try again. (laughs) I am here with my grandma, Mary, but I'm going to call her grandma probably (laughs) through all of this. And my grandma and I are thick as thieves. Very thick. Very close. Very involved. You taught me how to drive, actually. I just remember. Did I? My goodness sakes. And the, what was... That's pretty good. What was that red car that you had? Bravada? Oh, yeah. Bravada, yeah. Because... My, uh, like a little wagon, yeah, my Bravada. Yeah, a little truck. And Uh that's what I ended up having, too, is I had a Suburban when I got my first car. So, that was a good transition car. Yeah. But yes, we are very close, and I wanted to just chat with you about some stuff that I want to see your perspective on things. Okay. Definitely growing into my adulthood as a woman, I am having all kinds of realizations. This is really hard and really scary, Uh and I kind of just wanted to hear what it was like for you when you were transitioning and your journey as a woman in this life, and... It was hard. I mean, I think any woman finds it hard to go from 
uh, teenager to suddenly a so-called woman. Right. And uh, I don't think you really become a woman until later on. Mm. Uh, when you first start, it's you might be a woman as far as the the world accepts you, but in your own self, you're probably still a teenager. I actually I think that is a very good point because as women we have to we have to grow up so fast. You don't really get a chance to like take a breath and look around until you're already in your mid twenties and you're living life, and then suddenly you start to catch up with your own self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that uh, you go from oh relationship friends to friends and relationships, and then to maybe more relationships later. Mm. And that sure changes your life. Yeah. And it was even uh, more different for you because you had a family really young. Like, mm-hmm. I got married pretty young at 20, but you were younger than that, right? Yeah, I got married at uh, 18. And how old were you when you had my Aunt Lisa? Uh, I had Lisa, let's see, I had a miscarriage first. Right. And uh, so it took a while after that, but I had Lisa probably, probably when I was about 19 or early 20, 19. Wow. I can't even imagine taking care of a person right now, and you already had several kids by my age. Yeah, I mean, I had them very fast. Do you remember how old you were when you had your miscarriage? Was it when you first got married? Yeah, when I first got married, we... I don't know what happened, but I got sick on the train coming from Santa Fe to um, to uh, 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 to um, oh I can't think of the name Santa Clara and Jose, mm. and uh, I got sick on the train coming out. So I think something went wrong, you know, since mm-hmm. day one. Is that when you moved? To California? That was when we left after our honeymoon. Oh. Oh, wow. It was yeah. that fast that you got pregnant? Oh, yeah. Wow. I think I got pregnant, like, day one. And, wow. Uh, because I was on my... We were coming home from our honeymoon, or from our wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I was feeling sick. And uh, a couple months later, uh, no, actually, it wasn't even a couple months later, probably within the next few weeks, I got sick and I miscarried. Wow. Were you, did you spend a lot of time with your mom then, or were you alone at home? Actually, we were in San Jose. So you were really alone? Yes, so the only person I had that I was close to was... uh, 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 one of uh, one of your dad, grandpa's uh, relatives. I can't think of her name now because she's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like a mother who just took so good, such good care of me. Would you like another pillow? And uh, we're laying, we're laying down. <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, she'd have. I'd come up to her house 
after I miscarried and she took care of me for about a week. Wow. So even more so, you there was like this very rough transition into quote unquote adulthood. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, it's funny because I know it's the same for men that it, they have a really long transition period from boys to young men, but they're more like there's more of a grace period for them or an understanding that boys are boys and one day they become men. But for women, I just don't think that happens. I think you're 13, 14, and you already are supposed to have like a plan together for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the last thing my mom wanted me to do was get married because she had plans for me oh. and had had me registered and already secured in a uh, nursing uh, like course, nurse, nursing class, nursing school uh, to go to. But, uh, of course, that changed. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She was very upset when she knew I was going to have to give up that. And she said she that I shouldn't have given up that to get married. And I tried to convince her that I wasn't giving up that to get married. I just loved him and I wanted to get married. And so... Was she a nurse, your mom? My mom, Noah, she worked as a... Uh, abstractor and as a uh, uh, she worked in the mine in the minerals and mines departments of the the, the land office oh that makes sense because of you have land um it's interesting both of your parents were educated yeah yeah my dad was educated and so was my mom they were both they were both in college when they met and uh, uh, got married probably, uh, I'm not even sure when they got married, but I know it was after they got got out of college. And your mom, she was a very, like, I don't know if she knew she was a feminist, but she was because she really valued women's education and women's access to choice and women's involvement in their own path of life, which wasn't, you know, the most common narrative for women. And you're that way too, and you raised my mom to be that way, and I was raised that way. Yeah. My mom definitely uh, believed in women's rights. I mean, she held her own jobs as a female. She held the department head offices Mm -hmm. and... uh, then ran her own business as an abstractor, mm-hmm. and uh, she was very, very well respected and always wanted back. They always wanted her back at the land office, mm. but she wanted to have her own business. Yeah. So they actually provided her an office mm-hmm. within that building mm-hmm. to work there. Oh, in the building where she used to work? Yeah. And then after your dad passed, she still raised you and held her own business, right? Yep, she still had her own business and <coughs> raised myself and my brother. Wow. She's a fascinating woman. Yeah, she had she had a lot to offer, that's for sure. Mhm. I wish I had a I wish I had been able to get to know her, you know. Yeah. Because she was already very old by the time I was born. Oh, yeah. 
Very. And so what do you think that you carried on from your mother? What did she teach you about yourself that you carried on into your life and then raising your four girls? Um, I think she taught me to respect myself mm -hmm. and others mm -hmm. and taught me to never have any um, dislikes when it came to either your race, mm. your education, mm -hmm. your uh, family, the religions not to have any... Uh, uh, like to discriminate. Discriminate, yeah. She was very... Well, my dad was Spanish, mm -hmm. and she was Anglo, mm -hmm. so obviously she... Uh, didn't care what people thought, you know. Yeah. And back then they did. It was a way bigger they, deal. They, yeah, they did judge you. You know, it's kind of funny. I've been talking to Franco a lot about this journey he and I are both going through of accepting our identity as Hispanic people and Native people because there's still so much of that being taught to be embarrassed of embracing who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's better to just assimilate and do what everybody else is doing. But that's there's so much more to us than that. And um, it does make things complicated. Um, I wonder if you ever felt that way because your dad passed and it was you and your brother with a white mom. If you ever felt confused about your identity in that way. No, she obviously told me immediately about my life. Mm-hmm. And about my journey into their life, mm -hmm. because I'm adopted, mm -hmm. and so is my brother. And she told me immediately about that. It was something I knew my whole life, and it didn't bother me. I loved her very much, and was very thrilled to have her as a mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, she taught me then to be uh, open-minded. Yeah. When it comes came to uh, your own being and your own uh, whatever race you happen to be. And it did, I'm sure, make a huge difference that you grew up in New Mexico instead of Colorado, where she was from. Yeah. You grew up in your own culture. Yeah. Yeah, because when they got married, they moved out here uh, to Santa Fe. And uh, that became their permanent home where my dad worked and she worked. And uh, they had a very nice life together. Did they, were you adopted in New Mexico? Yes. Okay, I always wondered yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so was my brother. He was adopted first and then I was adopted a little later. Oh, I thought it was the other way. No, uh, he's my older brother, mm. who is already passed on. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he uh, uh, was, uh, I think, a few. He was several months old. It was closer. He was closer to being one year old. Mm -hmm. When he was adopted? When he was adopted, yeah. Do you know how old you were? 
uh, when I was adopted. Uh, my mom said I was an infant, so I was like mm. about six months, mm -hmm. something like that. Now, th this is kind of in another direction. I'm just curious. Did you find it challenging to have all girls? Did you ever think, I wish I had a boy, or were you happy that you had all girls? Oh, no, I was happy I had all girls. Yeah. Being around my brother and helping raise him, because uh. Uh, he was such a infant, no matter how old he was. <laughs> yeah. And I think that alone... Uh, made me see that my closest is going to be with girls. Right. I've, I've talked a lot to other people about when I've gotten older, I've realized how different my way of thinking is because I was raised basically entirely by women. I was raised by you, my mom, and my aunts. I mean, obviously I have a dad, and obviously Bobby, my aunt's late husband was very involved in my life but um it w our family was a matriarch you know uh -huh. it didn't matter what where the men were the women were in charge <laughs> yeah and how interesting that is to come up do you want a regular pillow no, that's fine. okay to exist in like a um a machismo culture somewhat being new mexican pero having a matriarch system in our in our home and in our family uh-huh because you were you're the leader of the family the woman well that's what everybody says <laughs> <laughs> except you raised a lot of other bossy women so <laughs> we're all very bossy yeah i've got uh four proud and self-reliant and uh beautiful daughters mm -hmm. they're all none of them at all has any uh uh, any ideas of whether you're Spanish or whether you're Anglo or whether you're Indian or whether you're black, they have no conception when it comes to that. They just know that they're all the same. Yeah, people are people. And then from there, I've got my great, I've got my wonderful grandchildren like you, mm. which is one of my dearest, 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 dearest trophies that I want in my life. <laughs> well, I just feel very grateful that you're in my life and you've been in my life for so long I mean mm -hmm. Franco didn't get to know his grandparents at all and his grandfather that was alive later in his life lived in Michigan so uh -huh. I feel very fortunate that we are Hispanic and we always stayed very close uh -huh. and our family was very is very tight-knit uh -huh. that has made COVID times pretty hard because I don't get to see you guys as much. But with technology, we get to FaceTime. Yep. We FaceTime about once a week, right? Yep. That's about right. Or I call you at least once or twice a week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, how has it been being here with your girls more so than ever before? Well. Oh, my grandma lives with two of my aunties. I should have said that. I uh, feel great. It's... Now I feel so much different than I did when I first moved in. I had such freedom then. Now with my COPD and my uh, needing oxygen 24-7, I feel like I'm, uh, I don't know if you use the word trapped, but I feel like I have 
uh, actually no abilities to anything on my own, mm. which I mean, I do things, I get dressed, uh, take a shower, I eat, I don't do anything like that. They don't have to do anything like that for me yet. But I just feel so confined because of this oxygen. Well, it's tough because, like we've said, that's not the kind of person you've ever been. You're a very independent person. Mm -hmm. So I I would understand how that would feel restrictive. Yeah, that does. And um, it's made it hard for me to be uh, closer to other relatives in the family. Right. Uh, Because I... I don't get out and go around as I used to. Right. I mean, with this uh, uh, problems we have now, uh, or these viruses, I'm even more scared to get out. Yeah, I... I don't want to get out and this is absolutely necessary. Right. I do get that, because I've pretty much held up at home. This is the first time I've seen you in months. Uh-huh. which is hard, but um, I have never ever been so grateful that you live with family and you live with family that I know takes care of you the way you deserve to be taken care of, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Um, I can't, I would be losing my mind if you were like in a home or something. I would probably move into a bigger place and go into debt so you could live with me because there's no... <laughs> way in hell I would be okay with you living anywhere except for here with my aunties. And uh, your mama says that that I will never end up in a nursing home. Oh, hell no. You have the most tenacious, strong-willed women <laughs> that if we want you to live with one of us, we will figure out a way for that to happen, <laughs> you know? So where do you kind of see, like, the future of the role of women, um, you know, and through COVID times, a lot of women have lost their jobs because and put holds on their career to take care of their family or to work from home. What do you think is going to happen to like women in the future and women's influence? Well, I think the biggest problem is the essential, where they find you essential uh, to this lifestyle now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women that still get a chance to be a part of society and work and everything like that because they're considered essential. Yeah. And the ones that are not considered essential make it hard because they're women that have done everything you can think of in their lives and they were always important and always very well needed and now to be told that you're not essential and that you're not needed makes it even harder for women. Yeah, especially because whole like job categories that used to only be male dominated are women dominated now, like teaching, mm-hmm. you know, or like nursing or uh, working with the elderly or mm-hmm. any kind of working with children. That's like an mm-hmm. all female based job. Well, not because they're women, there's just more women in it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy to think like that's going to go back the other direction. I just don't see that happening. Right. Right. Well, I just don't know when everything's going to go back to what we would call some kind of normality that we're used to. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many different levels of it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know when we're going to ever find a level that we can say that's that's normal, that's something I'm used to. Right. 
Do you think that uh, women are an essential part of creating like a new future because they have new ideas that have never been brought to the table before? Oh, of course. They're very important. They, uh, women have new ideas every, every day, whether it comes to work, whether it comes to raising their kids mm-hmm. or their home. Uh, they still very, stay very well educated and very well up to date in everything. Yeah. And they have opinions uh, on everything. They have, uh, uh, I think, a broader mind and more opinions uh, in just a normal life and a normal family than men have. Yeah. And you, you get to end up having to be responsible then later on for them. Mm. What do you mean? Uh, men will find themselves very important on the outside of the house, but inside of the house... Different story. It's a different story. <laughs> Which is funny because for some people, that dynamic has totally changed. And actually, like, there's been this idea that men would never be okay with being the stay-at-home parent or raising the family. But some people, like, that dynamic works better for them. Uh-huh. The woman is the career breadwinner and the man stays home and raises the family and if that's the dynamic that works for them that's a beautiful thing I just don't think it's as common but I think there are a lot of men who would be okay with that but there's this societal pressure to have it a certain way yeah I think men uh in their life uh depending on how they've grown up and how they their marriage has been and their lifestyle with their family I think they can find themselves, if necessary, ready to uh, take care of the kids. Yeah. But like you said, it's not very common. Which is upsetting because I do think there are a lot of men who'd be okay with that or a lot of partners that Uh would be happy to have that. Or like, you know, a two-men couple, one of them would be more than happy to stay home and raise their family. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting the kind of pressures we're given so young because I think for women we get a pressure very young to be serving and how can we be of the best service possible and I think men get the pressure of like breadwinning or providing how to be providing and strong as soon as possible but Mm -hmm. I think they have a little bit more of a grace period to figure that out obviously that's my biased opinion (laughs) as a woman but I think that's very true It's just uh, not saying one way is harder than the other, but it is it is sad because in that way, women's voices don't get heard until a lot later in their lives. And some women, it's way later in their lives that they feel confident enough to share their voice Mm -hmm. or to put up boundaries. Right. So you owned a business like your mom. Yeah, I um, after working several jobs. Uh, I landed up finally out of uh, having maybe four jobs in my lifetime. Uh, I finally had this opportunity uh, for this business through my boss that I landed up uh, taking over uh, a collection uh, office that was named JK Collections. Mm-hmm. That was the name of it when I first got there, when I first started working. 
and it was there when we were deciding to go ahead and let me take it over. I never wanted to change the name, even though I was asked to or told to. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to change the name because that's how the company was known. Right, that makes a lot of sense because it already had a reputation. Uh-huh, exactly. And how long did you have that? How long did you have that business for? About twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, about twenty years or more. I had it, and my uh, family, uh, in one way or another, at one time or another, worked there. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that stayed with me the whole time that I had the business the whole length of time was my oldest daughter, Lisa. Mm-hmm. And she helped run it. Yeah, she kept that place alive. Oh, yeah, definitely. She had a big desk when you walked in. It had, like, tall shelves all the way around. And it was like um, it was like an L-shaped desk, and it took up a corner of the office because she was, like, the brain of the office. <laughs> and then you had an office, too, and you were the heart of the office. Uh-huh. Yeah, she... Um... She definitely took care of the daily routine of things and of people and of customers and of phone calls and stuff like that while I continued to uh, deal with letting it grow and finding more business. Yeah, I do recall huge chunks of my childhood being there playing on the carpet with my my aunties would be working there. Not all of them at once, but it would be like a few of them at a time and my mom would be there and being able to sit, I would sit in your office, you had an extra computer in there sometimes when I'd visit and I'd look at, this is the beginning of the internet, I'd watch like music videos and hang out with you in there while you were working. Yeah, see, I can't even believe that that's been so long ago. I know, it really doesn't feel like it was, but I was just little, little when you guys were still there. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And that was what was nice about being a home business, because I could have somebody like you there, mm-hmm. and any of my family that uh, either were visiting, or uh, uh, working there, or just uh, helping out. It was great to have a family business because of that. I agree. I think it's a big heart and soul of America that we're missing is those family businesses Mm -hmm. because I was able to be like raised with my family and when I got older I started helping out more but I I didn't have to be a how do I say this my mom could just take me with her there and I could be around my family and go run errands with you guys and be close with you yep he uh she does because your mom worked there for a while, mm-hmm. and she definitely uh, would need to run errands, and she would need to run uh, things that she had to do regarding her own personal life. And yeah, you were around an awful lot. Did you feel like you were maybe unintentionally following in the footsteps of your mom, eventually owning your own business? Um yeah, because, I mean, it, it depended on your education. It depended on what you grew up uh, doing and if it was going to connect with your livelihood. Mm-hmm. And I helped my mom in her job so long, and it was she ran that like a tea, 
And uh, because I was around her so much, I learned how I would want to have my own business. Yeah. Was your mom alive when you had JK? Did she see or know that you had a business? Uh, was my mom alive when I had JK? Because I feel like I was in um, it's weird, but I don't think preschool so. when she passed. Yeah, I don't think she was alive when I had JK. Uh, I know that uh, she was already in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was working for JK, but I wasn't that involved, uh, to where I could spend time with her. Right. And, uh, but she never knew, yeah, that I would take over the business. She didn't, she wasn't around that long. Is there certain things in your life that you wish your mom had seen? That she had seen, I wish she had been able to see all these beautiful grandkids I've got now. Mm. And some that have had problems and they're growing out of it. Mm -hmm. Some that still have to have challenges that they have to meet and feel like they've got to outgrow that, I mean, grow through that. Yeah, watching the growing up process is rough. And out of my uh, grandchildren, you're not the oldest of them all. Mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought. That's okay. I was asking you of stuff maybe you'd uh, you'd have wanted your mom to see. Oh, yeah. I would love my mom to have seen all my kids and seen my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I now have great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Who get to get to know you. It's just so... It's so beautiful because when I was their age, I I didn't get to really get to know my grandma, my great-grandma very well. But they get to see you and be around you and know you. Even if they're pretty young still. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's very true. If, um, If you had to give me some words of wisdom going into... I'm about to enter my 30s. My career is finally getting some traction. I feel like I'm, my life is finally starting. Ironically, <laughs> it's finally getting started. What What would you tell me as I move forward to this next part of my life that's maybe less chaotic than before? Well, it's less chaotic because you're learning. Mm. And you're learning more about yourself and how to handle things and how to understand things. So they may not be as chaotic because of that. And that's what I want you to know as you're growing older is depend on the dear Lord. Uh, Depend on him for all your needs and your blessings and uh, thanking him for everybody that you've got. And I would say that you need to have faith in yourself. Mm. And you need to be able to challenge yourself in things that you will do do or don't want to do just to test yourself. But I think you're in an area where you've chosen your your uh, your way of life and you've chosen your job, your career. So all you have to do is continue in it, 
be more um, apt for changes mm. and uh, just take care of yourself. I think that's wonderful advice. And I think I'm finally <laughs> conscious enough in my own self that I'll actually be able to use it and right. trust that if I'm taking challenges uh-huh. that it is worthwhile. So anyway, I love you so much. Thank you for doing this with me. I love you too, darling. And I uh, love you so very, very much. You're the pride and joy of my life. Mm. And I thank you for inviting me to be here. And I hope the people that are listening uh, feel uh, lucky enough just to have been uh, listening to our to our lives and our crazy lives, and they'll see that they're not <laughs> their life is crazy for everybody. <laughs> it it really is. Everybody has their own craziness, their own journey. Yeah, it's there's different things that they go through, but it's all uh, sort of craziness. Well, I love you. I hope love we can do too, this baby. again. You take care of yourself. You too, Grammy. It is a miracle that that recording finally happened because I'm telling you, it was the recording from hell (laughs) trying to record my grandma. She lives in another town and all it was was just a sign that I needed to see her. Um, Being in COVID times and being away from her has been excruciating in a word because we are so close. But I'm grateful that I still get to call her and FaceTime her. And I'm so glad I got to see her and we could be safe and we could wear masks and still be in each other's presence. Because for all my other Hispanic babies out there, you know how important it is to see your grandparents. But I, you know, want to keep her safe. So I'm glad I got to see her. I'm glad this happened. This is how we talk you know, at least once or twice a week, but I never get to record it and save it and listen to it later. So I'm glad I was able to for this episode. This is about the halfway mark of season one. I have six new episodes coming up. So if you're joining me for the first time, welcome. There's uh, eight episodes before this with some amazing guests that will be joining me. Some of them will be joining me again for the later half of the season. If you are coming back, thank you. We just reached 101 listens as of this morning, which is so wild to me, but very, very exciting. Um, So thank you guys for being a part of this weird, random, wonderful journey. Um, If you would like to find me on social media, I'm on Instagram at babyshroomart. And off of my Instagram, you can find all of my other links in the bio link. Uh, my YouTube, Patreon, uh, my apparel, my Etsy shop. I'm going to update some stickers on my Etsy shop and potentially some baby shroom stickers for the podcast. Question mark, question mark. I'm working on them. I'm trying to decide on the laminate and I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be, but c'est la vie to be an artist i have a million and one projects going on at once which is totally my personality but i'm working on it okay monique you're rambling um yeah about six more episodes coming out for season one and then i'm gonna take a break to wrap up the school year and focus on 
uh, getting some of my other projects finished so I stop uh, feeling like I'm losing my mind with all of these artistic adventures. Um, if you're interested in supporting me on Patreon, that would be incredible. I do have a $1 tip jar tier. And then starting at the $3 tier, you get a bonus episode of the pod every month. I just sent out uh, stickers for my sticker tier, and I will be updating that on Instagram probably later this week. So if you're interested in getting a monthly sticker um, and some bonus stuff from me, you can check that out on my Instagram to see if that's something you'd be interested in. I already said that. Okay, I'm tired. It's time for bed. Love you guys so much. Thank you, and I will see you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.